Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. to the Retail Corner Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about how to operate a business with conscience and profit, of course. Uh, and in order to do that, we're going to have invited, you know, uh, our guest, Maria McDonald, who is the Director of Sustainability at United by Blue. How are you doing today, Maria? I'm doing super well, Carlos. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. Awesome. No, thank you for being with us. We always have you know very business driven and very technical conversations okay. and i like to to talk add some sprinkle of conscience to that right and yeah, how totally, we help totally. the environment because we need as a business obviously to make profit but we need to continue to have the environment that allows for, for profitability to take place right yes absolutely totally agreed yeah excited to jump in Awesome. So before we get into it, so for all our listeners out there who might not know, what does United by Blue, what, what do you guys do? How do you guys engage in business? And what are some of the main initiatives that you guys are doing uh, to kind of keep that conscience mindset? Yeah, of course. So at our core, we are an apparel and accessories brand. We're a retail business. So we sell um, sustainably and ethically made products, kind of leaning towards the outdoor industry, kind of leaning towards outdoor products, but also okay. in line with sustainable fashion, sustainable accessories. Um, and it's a line of products, apparel, accessories, such as bags, home goods, reusable kitchenware and stuff like that, all designed to help our customer live a more sustainable lifestyle. So that's kind of the core business. But um, as you alluded to, we have a pretty broad sustainability portfolio that goes mm -hmm. along with those products that we create. So um, we are a B Corp, which I know we'll talk about later. We're a benefit uh, or a B Corp. Um, we're based out of Philadelphia and um, we have an environmental mission that goes with our products. So we operate on a one for one business model, similar to like the larger one for ones that you've heard of, like Tom's Shoes or Warby Parker. We also mm -hmm. run the buy one, give one model, but for us, it's for every product sold through the business, we remove one pound of trash from an ocean, waterway, or coastline. Wow. So yeah, we have this environmental pledge to our customers to remove waste from the environment. We try to remove waste from our supply chain, and we try to make products with you know sustainable materials and ethical supply chain, get them to our customer through a mix of e-commerce and wholesale strategies. Wow, that sounds phenomenal. And and I think that's probably the most challenging, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're obviously having to take care of the business side of things, operations. How do you improve your supply chain process? How do you make the customer experience better? But in the midst of all that, how do you make it cost effective? Because obviously having a some business that produces sustainability to the environment makes yeah. it more expensive automatically, yeah. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you kind of have to, with United by Blue, the, the, the impact work or the sustainability work is kind of split into two sections. We have that mission, the environmental pledge that I just mentioned, and mm -hmm. that's an additional expense that we pledge to the customers. We say, okay, if you purchase our product, we'll pick up a pound of trash from the environment. And that's our pledge to help lessen the impact of the product. So that's pretty much just an expense. But then on the product side of the business, sustainability can go in a number of different ways. As you said, there can be 
sustainability can be a cost savings sometimes when you think about things like efficiency and you know reducing your overall miles traveled or the overall amount of packaging you need. That's both a cost savings and an environmental win. And then mm-hmm. there's sustainability that's an expense, which is kind of you know maybe prioritizing a non-plastic type of packaging or using an organic material that costs a little bit more than a conventional material so that your product has that kind of sustainable criteria. So kind of where it falls in the P&L sheet varies based on which sustainability. <laughs> which, no, absolutely. Some totally are just expenses, but some really can fit into a business case really well by prioritizing, like I said, efficiency and, um, you know, reducing waste where it's not needed and that can help the P&L. So falls on, falls on different sides of the accounting sheet, depending on what you're yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I want to yeah. ask you a question that I think maybe a lot of the entrepreneurs and even the executives that listen to our podcast have, and that is, how do you keep your team motivated, right? How, how do you keep that mindset of, hey, we got to make the next dollar, right? Because at the end of the day, that's the purpose of the business. When you already have, as you very well mentioned, that commitment to your customer that's creating an expense, a constant expense to you, right? So how do you guys maneuver that in order to keep the business sustainable when it comes to a profit margin and making sure that, I'm assuming you're building a level of loyalty with your consumers that it's not parallel which is allowing you to constantly intake that expense and still be operational. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, United by Blue and other B Corps and like sustainable brands where that's a true piece of the identity of the brand and the product, Mm -hmm. it's not so difficult of a sell because people come to work for United by Blue because they want to create a sustainable product. And so while you do have to have the business case in mind at all times, um, we have a lot of buy-in across our departments to prioritize more sustainable options, even if they affect the bottom line here or there. Um, That said, the business case is is the be-all, end-all. So we need to be thinking about the reason I was attracted to working with for-profits in the sustainability space in the first place is because if you can attach profit to sustainability, it will proliferate. It will grow. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. There's no end to what you can do. And so it's really important to kind of think about... you know, I like to think about sustainability in terms of phases and initiatives because it's such a broad term. It's such a big thing to tackle. But if you mm-hmm. break it down to packaging, this quarter, we're going to focus on packaging. That way you're not like adding 10 different sustainability expenses to the P&L at the same time. Then that you, it kind of feels more manageable to your teams um, to be able to adopt some of these practices and like affect change over time. But yeah, I, I always say that sustainability really doesn't actually happen in the sustainability department. It happens in <laughs> it happens in production. It happens in design. So my job and sustainability professionals, or I believe the role of the sustainability professional is to guide your production team, guide your operations teams towards those more sustainable options in a way that doesn't blow their budget out of the water, doesn't blow their bandwidth out of the water, but allows them to actually integrate these sustainable solutions over time. So yeah, it's it's just a matter of establishing buy-in and then not overwhelming your departments with too many initiatives at once. Absolutely. No, I really like that, right? Cut, cutting the cake into small digestible pieces like that will then any, apply change. Just like you would with any, any project. Yeah, and I I always, you know, try to recommend with, with United by Blue and any brand that I'm working on because sustainability is so broad, like what actually matters to your product, to your customer, to your team, you can't do everything. So if you break it down to those things that your team and your customer really care about, then the buy-in is pretty much already established because there's a business case, you know, the customer cares about plastic. So we're going to focus on plastic this year. 
or if the customer cares about carbon or organic or something like that. But you don't have to do it all at one time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I like it. And I, and I like the way you're proposing it and the way you're applying it, right? Obviously, with United by Blue, but also I think it allows for every company to make it a norm, right? Rather mm-hmm. than make it an, an anomaly, right? Because the sustainability businesses right. are focused on that is an anomaly in today's industry. If we can make it into a norm, I think that'd be phenomenal, you know, across yeah. And, yeah. And, and allow other people to see that it is a sustainable way of doing business, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think you're seeing a big shift in sustainability work in the private sector where and I've spoken about this before, where the past few decades, we talked a lot about corporate social responsibility, CSR. And that was kind of this idea that the business could operate business as usual. And then there would this, be this department that would do some philanthropic initiatives or some you know, community engagement initiatives kind of on the side of what the business was doing. And mm-hmm. obviously that's still a great effort and worthwhile and still a big piece of most businesses' portfolios of, of work. But I think the new realm that we're entering into for private sector sustainability is how to actually integrate sustainability deeper into the business model so that it's, you know, it more in-house, more, like you just said, more integrated into the business model so that it's sustainable long-term, not just from an environmental perspective, but from a business perspective as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you were talking, obviously you mentioned B Corp many times, right? And and it makes sense, but I think a lot of our listeners out there, they might not know exactly what B Corp stands for, right? So could you fill us in a little bit more into what it is, why it exists and the purpose of it? Yeah, absolutely. B Corp is a favorite topic of mine, which is why I've said it so many times already. And (laughs) even heard me slip up in the beginning and say benefit corporation. That's not what a a B Corp is. So B Corps and benefit corporations are are separate but complementary initiatives. I can touch on them. B Corp itself is a private sector third party certification that businesses can submit themselves to voluntarily. um, And earn a score related to their social and environmental performance. So there's a nonprofit called B-Lab, which um, is a really trusted and respected organization in the private sector sustainability space. And they establish, establish standards for what best practices are for environmental sustainability, workers' rights, labor practices, customer transparency and customer relationships, governance structures, and of course, your environmental impact. And you take this assessment and you get audited by this third party um, to determine how you're performing um, as a social and environmental stakeholder in the world. You have to hit a high score to pass um, and the standards kind of get more rigorous as you go and you recertify every three years. So without getting too much into the nitty gritty, it's important to know that it's a rigorous verified third party standard that shows that you're upholding high social and environmental practices as a business. Um, And it's something that's growing in a lot of popularity, I think for a couple of reasons. Um, First, it's gaining a lot of consumer recognition. It's a really easy way for a customer to be shopping through the stores or online browsing and say, okay, this has the B Corp label. I can trust that it aligns with my values without having to read, you know, pages of a sustainability report or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I heard a lot to how Fair trade did a really well over the past uh, decade or so, getting really adopted in the food space to the point where if you're in the coffee aisle and you see food trade or excuse me, fair trade 
on your coffee, I'm going to buy it. I know I trust it. I don't need to read a lot more. I trust their standards. They've vetted this product. B Corp is basically the whole business version of that. You see it a lot in consumer brands, but it's really expanding to financial sector. Some larger corporations are starting to adopt it. So it's an exciting movement to be a part of. And the baseline of B Corp is how can businesses be a part of stakeholder capitalism and be adding value to the world and balancing a triple bottom line, people, planet, and profit, instead of just extracting and polluting and leaving kind of nonprofits to clean up the mess. If I could say that candidly, it's a new new form of business. People, planet, and profit. And I I love the priority of that, right? Even... Wow, that's really, really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I want to talk a little bit more about you, right? Because obviously what you described to us, you're tagging on a lot of extra work, right? As a business, I'm not B Corp certified. And now, wow, I have to tag in a lot of extra work, a lot of extra labor, expensive labor, et cetera, et cetera. But also I think it requires a special type of talent, right? To be able to understand those regulations and be passionate about those regulations and and apply it to the business in a way that, as you very well mentioned, it doesn't damper the business, right? Whether it's bandwidth, whether it's budget, so what, what kind of brought you to this point, right, in, in your life? Yeah, well, academically, I was trained in environmental science and climate science, and I was really passionate about finding work in mitigating climate change. And um, in that process, I thought that really the only career avenues available in that space were in the nonprofit space or the policy space. I didn't really think about the private sector. Um, and it was actually yeah, it was never even an option, right? For the right. longest time. Yeah. Right. And actually stumbling across the concept of a B Corp for the first time is what got me hooked in private sector sustainability. And I've never left. I'm st- still here and planning to, <laughs> planning to be here for a while. Um, but as we kind of touched on a few minutes ago, for me, that just like that clicks. Like if you can attach the climate crisis or environmental movements to a profitable business model, then you can scale and you can proliferate and you don't need to, not only are you helping shift the business sector, which is historically the most polluting and most extractive you know, sector of our world. So not only are you helping kind of change those practices, um, but if you can make a profit off of that, then you can grow this amazing you know, business that adds value to the planet, adds value to society, while still being self-funded and, and creating economic value and market value as well. And I think that that's the future. I mean, that's my bet. I think that c- customers and consumer behavior and even investor be- behavior is saying, okay, we want to think about ESG data in our investment decisions and customers want a product that aligns with their personal values and and aligns with, um, you know, we demand a lot more of brands now than we Mm -hmm. used to. We demand that a brand is kind of reflective of our own identity and our own values. Whereas we didn't use to like really care what what our t-shirt provider. No, no, we did. Our mission statement was absolutely nothing. Our mission statement was, how do I portray I'm wearing something expensive? Right. right. Like it's, and that it's, was it. <laughs> it's a fairly new movement, but I think it's here to stay. Like customers, investors are moving towards these more sustainable purchasing decisions and, and businesses kind of have to keep up. So academically coming from climate science and environmental science and then finding a home in the private sector, I just feel that this, um, it clicks for me. It makes sense to attach profit 
to some sort of positive movement. And I think that's a recipe for success in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the private sector capitalism is really good at innovation. It's really good at speed, speed mm -hmm. of change and speed of adoption. And so if you can introduce environmental movements to something that's really good at change and innovation and movement, you're going to solve the problem quicker while adding economic value. And maybe this is too rosy of a view, but that's my hope. That's my take. On <laughs> no, no, I really like your take on it. And I also think if you agree that it also provides a, a transcendental impact <laughs> to not just business, to, but to us as a society, right, globally. Because if you're obviously impacting the people and the planet in a positive way through your business, then you're transcending generation over generation to make sure your business continues to have an impact and a whole list of clients and that loyalty also gets transcended on from generation to generation. And it, to your point, your business will still exist. It's a business case. There's longevity. There's customer loyalty. There's mm -hmm. um, there's stability in your supply chain if your supply chain likes working with you because you use good you know principles. So I think there's a if if you're a business that wants to exist beyond you know trends or or short term business cases, you should probably be thinking about these things. Anyway, so I think there's a really solid business case for some of these practices. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And so tell me a little bit more about like United by Blue. How did you guys get founded? Uh, obviously, you know, I'm assuming there was some association to something related to the environment. From yeah. The owners or the founders. How, how, what's the story there? Yeah. So um, United by Blue was founded in 2010 by um, two guys, Mike Kanji and Brian Linton. They're our co-founders. And um, both of them grew up with kind of a relationship with coastal areas. Brian grew up in Singapore. Mike grew up in the greater Philadelphia area and the Jersey Shore, if you're familiar with our mm -hmm. part of the country, is, is a big piece of that um, world, as well as all the rivers in the Philadelphia area. And then Singapore, um, you know, being an island nation, like it's just a lot of, of exposure to water. And so they both had a really personal connection to um coastal areas and saw over time the issues of plastic pollution and marine debris affecting those areas. And so Brian, our, our um, CEO and founder, wanted to create a, basically a business solution to that issue. So the company was founded in 2010 with the mission. It wasn't an add-on later on. We were an early adopter of B Corp and one of the first one-for-ones out there where for every t wow. at the time we were pretty much just selling t-shirts. Um, for every t-shirt sold a pound of trash would um, get removed. And so yeah, company was born with that mission. Over time, the product assortment grew to take on new categories. We grew a wholesale business. You can find United by Blue in REI, Whole Foods, Macy's, Dick's Sporting Goods. So major retailers, small shops, and then we have our e-commerce business as well. And we've gone in and out of some retail uh, work over the years as well. But yeah, company was very much founded with this mission. And for a long time, that was the main focus. Like let's make products and let's pick up trash. And that's our value proposition to the customer. And I would say about four or five years ago is when we really started getting into the sustainability of the product and the supply chain as well, because we didn't want to be doing all this work on the environmental mission side of things only to be creating a ton of waste ourselves in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. so, and that's kind of that shift that I mentioned before, where before it was like business CSR. Now it's like, how do we get the sustainability deeper into the business itself um, so that 
we are not causing the same problems that we're trying to solve. Trying to solve, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you know we're in an interesting phase right now. We're navigating um, an acquisition actually, so UBB's future is um, you know bright in terms of joining a new portfolio of brands and new ownership and translating this sustainability work that we've done over the past decade or so into our new formation. So all of that is very much in transition at the moment, but we're just about to kind of open a new chapter of UBB. Oh, that sounds so exciting. So, yeah. so, so exciting. And I, I hope to have you back once that chapter kind of, you know, evolves yeah, and it concludes that, so we yeah. can hear all the good, good gossip, you know, yeah, like, on good everything. stories, yeah, what was great. successful, what could have been better, you know? Before and after, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be phenomenal. And and I always like to ask everybody one question, you know, which is like a piece of advice they want to give to all of our listeners. But but with you, I like to give it a little twist to that question. And I think more, more than the piece of advice, what do you think is the key message that you hope our listeners, you know, will take away from our conversation today? Yeah, well, I, I just hope that um, sustainability is a broad term. It's a little bit overused these days. There's some risk associated with it. I hope your listeners, I hope folks tuning in don't back away from integrating sustainability into their business. I think the one thing that I always try to translate is sustainability does not have to be just an expense or ec extra work or extra bandwidth. There's a true business case for, for it, whether it's cost savings within your supply chain, whether it's investing in modernized operations that have both more efficiency for your business and lesser environmental impact going forward. And then also just kind of creating buy-in and loyalty and brand equity from your customers and your investors. Like there's a lot that sustainability has to offer a for-profit space. That's not just taking away from the bottom line. So my advice is it is a broad term. It is a big field, but don't think of it as just an expense. Think of it as something that can really add a lot of value to your business and then break it down into bite-sized chunks. Think about what your employees care about, what your customers care about, what matters to your product. If you're making, for example, you know, a lot of polyester products, recycled polyester products, maybe think about your plastic footprint. If you're in, you know, cotton, maybe think about organic or, or certified something like you don't have to do everything. Break it down into what matters to your product, your customers, and your employees, and that will kind of create um, the roadmap for you. And, you know, for sustainability professionals, I just am really an advocate for certifications and reporting frameworks. I think in this field, that's really broad. They offer a common denominator and like a common foundation that we can compare and contrast ourselves against. So, you know, you want to make sure you're finding rigorous, valid, trusted certifications. But once you've found those, those are a great, great way to start shaping a sustainability strategy. Awesome. Maria, thank you so much for your input and all your advice. And for everybody out there, you know, we'll have Maria's information and her team. And I'm sure, you know, she'll be more than happy to advise you if you guys decide to take this on, which okay. I definitely think you should, as you very well mentioned, you know, just grab a little piece, look at what's important to your employees, to your customers and to your brand and try to create a little change, right? That doesn't create havoc in your day-to-day -day operations. It doesn't matter if you're a multi-billion dollar company or if you're just a $100,000 company, right? You can always add on some value to the environment, you know, without breaking the bank. And so Maria, thank you so much for your time and for being with us today. And like I said, I would love to hear, uh, you know, before and after story, after you guys are done with the entire transition you yeah. briefly mentioned. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Carlos. And yeah, we'll have that follow up another time. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to the Retail Corner Podcast, and we will see you guys soon on the next episode. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast, and thank you so much for listening.